and welcome in everybody. Another season of football talk with the guys. I'm your host, Chris Westfall. Thank you for joining us once again for another season of the Blitz. Let me introduce everybody to you if you forgot everybody. Neil Waldeck is in our legendary, infamous Studio B, along with Kelly Gamble, and along with me here in Studio A, Mr. Aaron Host. Guys, it's here. It's football season. Are we are we ready for another year of the Blitz? Chris, you still look the same. <laughs> well, you see me every day, Neil. <laughs> Ke- Kelly that, uh, Gamble, Kelly Gamble's looking sharp. Little, little uh, less of Kelly Gamble this year. I've lost thirteen pounds. I, 13 so I, pounds. I, I have changed a little bit. Do you not like to eat anymore? Like the what? Eat. I, I still like to eat, Chris. But unfortunately, I had to go to uh, to the hospital and found out that I had to eat a little less. Uh, had a little stomach issues, so uh, I've cut out the uh, soda. No more pop. No more Mountain Dew for uh, how about Kelly steak? Gamble. So how about steak and a steak dinner? I like steak, but I've been eating more fish and chicken. Okay. So kind of the white meats. We'll we'll talk about that right. here in because a second. Because if we if we have our contest, well, you got to eat steak. We'll we'll iron out the details here iron. in a second. You get iron in that steak. Studio A, Aaron Host, back with us for another year. Our resident um, college student that has all of our inside scoop of what is going on around the campus of WVU. How is Aaron Host this evening? Great as ever. Looking forward to another great year of college football talk and really excited for game day on the 31st. Oof, 31st, it's getting here, isn't it? James Madison, the Dukes, headed into town. Boy, I can't wait till next week till we break down the Dukes on our week one show. But that is not why we're here tonight. We are here to do our preseason show. It is the tail end of talking season, guys. And next week we'll put talking season to rest and we'll really get in to that James Madison game. Guys, let's start to preview this Mountaineer team. Of course, big news coming out yesterday during Neil Brown's press conference. I think the big question all through the summer and everything. Well, I guess the big talk was Neil Brown himself. Everybody's got the warm and fuzzies, and we're about to see if it continues. But decision number one, his biggest decision that he's probably made to date, who will be the starting quarterback of this Mountaineer team? News came out Tuesday, yesterday, that Deggie, the transfer from Bowling Green, was eligible. So all of a sudden, you got four quarterbacks in the room. Neil Waldeck comes into the radio station yesterday going, well, we've got our starting quarterback. It's going to be Deggie. And then Neil Brown's press conference comes on later in the day, and we find out that Austin Kendall, the transfer from Oklahoma, will be your starting uh, quarterback. And guys, I, I, I remember when we were talking last year, I said I wasn't decided that Austin Kendall was the guy. And and here we are all these months later. Uh, tight race. I really do believe that. Neil Waldeck, I go to you first, talking about the quarterback of the Mountaineers, QB number one, Austin Kendall. Well, you know, again, Neil Brown's there. He knows the situation better than I do. It just looked like everything was unfolding when it was announced that Daggy was going to be eligible to play this season. And so I'm thinking, well, this is all unfolding to what Neil Brown wanted because I knew that Daggy was also taking uh, reps with the with all the quarterbacks. And if you were going to just uh, redshirt him, then what was the big deal anyways? <laughs> I don't know, understand why the big announcement really isn't that big of a deal now uh, because they're going to redshirt him anyway. So. Yeah. Uh, Austin Kendall, uh, this guy has played behind uh, Kyler Murray uh, that played at Oklahoma last year. He does have experience coming in, limited, not right. a lot, but limited experience. He has played against uh, behind some Heisman Trophy candidates there between uh, Murray and uh, Baker Mayfield. So he has followed in the footsteps of some pretty decent quarterbacks. So we'll get to see what kind of talent uh, Austin Kendall brings. I'm not quite certain. You know, we talked about this uh, also that, you know, in in the first uh, 
three non-conference games. I think we'll see, Kendall. I, I think that if he doesn't perform, that you'll see uh, Allison in there, as well as uh, uh, Lowe, those two other quarterbacks that are vying for some playing time. Talking about the other two quarterbacks that we yes. know aren't going to redshirt. So Deggy is a transfer. It, it sounds like the pecking order of quarterbacks at this point would be Austin Kendall, Jack Allison, who we got to see in the bowl game, and Trey Lowe, third. And now, he did say in his press conference that the other two will see playing time. And if you look back at his days at Troy, he was not opposed to trying other quarterbacks during his three non-conference games. So I do believe you will see the other two games, especially August 31st, James Madison. Kelly Gamble, I'm coming to you next. Dog, uh, not Dogie, Austin Kendall. Your feelings on Austin Kendall being named number one QB1 well, of I the Mountaineers. I think out of the three right now, but I think that you brought up something that was interesting, Chris, prior to the show, that uh, you know, even as a redshirt, that Jarrett Daigie could have the possibility of still playing four games or in four games. So that that probably is something for me that uh, is brings an interesting touch to the whole situation. But out of the three that I – that with – Kendall and Allison as we got to see uh, and I can say that again I didn't see what I would like to out of Allison. Trey Lowe is again is somebody that can run and pass and I think that Kendall has that ability as well he has a good body but as far as really knowing we don't know until we see and yeah, I've not got really an don't. opportunity to see him other than highlights from the blue gold game which wasn't the greatest but then again it all starts up front So, but I think that I'm excited to see Austin Kendall play I don't think you bring him out of Oklahoma and sit behind, as, as Neil said, Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray without giving the kid an opportunity because he had a personal relationship with Neil Brown uh, prior to his recruitment to Kentucky. Yeah. Or, or back in the day, whenever he was an assistant, I'm sorry, right. uh, not at Kentucky, but whenever before he went to Oklahoma, Neil Brown was recruiting yeah, him was. to Troy whenever he was at Troy. So, uh, And it's an interesting story with Deggie, too, because there are links to Neil Brown and there, the Deggie family. Yeah. Neil Brown coached his older brother, Seth. He was the offensive coordinator yeah. when Seth Deggie beat up on West Virginia back in our first year of the Big 12 Conference. Yes. So there are links to that family but, as well. But I do believe that Kendall is the right choice out of those three right now. So I think it kind of took Deggie out of the equation by the red shirt. But then again, he could possibly see some playing time and still be red shirted. Now, Aaron, we had a chance to talk about this issue on the sports roundtable there last week. I was leaning towards Trey Lowe. I, I think Trey Lowe, I think you start young and you just throw him in there and, and see what happens when you're looking at this team. Uh, but again, I think it goes back to Neil Brown wanting to pick the right guy this season to try to make a run at this thing. I think Neil Brown's the type of guy that picks the best overall player. It doesn't matter if you're a freshman. It doesn't matter if you're a senior. If you're better than a senior, you're going to play. And I think that's how... Neil Brown approached this situation. You had Austin Kendall coming in with uh, years of experience under two Heisman caliber quarterbacks. But the one thing I want to say that kind of goes against that, there's a reason why Kendall didn't start those two yeah. years. He was supposed to start the year when Kyler Murray started, so there's a reason why he didn't get that starting yeah. position. So if he bolts after Jalen Hurts, but you say Jalen Hurts I, I, is not yeah. doesn't fit in Lincoln Riley's system – why does he try to yeah. fight for that spot? Yeah. But that leaves Neil Brown in a little bit of a conundrum right now. And I, like I said, I think he picked the best overall best overall player, Jarrett Deggy, coming off uh, off season surgery. I think it's best just to let him redshirt this year, set it out, get used to Neil Brown's system, and come back next year, or come back next spring, ready to take the starting spot. Kelly, I'm going to come back to you. We, we've covered the quarterback situation. Now, the thing with quarterback, quarterback's no good. Running back's no good. Receivers are no good if you can't block for them. Absolutely. And, and there's uh, been a lot of talk about this offensive line. Uh, what, what are you looking at at these guys, Kelly? I think it's the, the position. The offensive line is uh, the unit that I think that we're most concerned about. Mm -hmm. You got two guys. It's a big two, uh, Big Twelve, all uh, first team uh, preseason. So you got some experience coming back with Colton McKibbitts at the left tackle position, as well as Josh Seals, who has now just been moved from guard to the center position. And uh, 
I'm not real sure how comfortable he's going to be. He has a couple weeks left to uh, you know get prepared for that first game. But the offensive line to me is probably the biggest concern. You got a lot of young kids. You got a they're talking about a a walk on coming in right now at six foot, maybe six one, two hundred ninety pounds that may get some playing time. And usually your lineman, you're going to be six four, six five. So uh, there's a lot of concern with the offensive line. Uh, you know, we had Kelby Wickline, if you remember that he came in against Oklahoma last year. Um, and came in and played very well, but then whenever he came in the following game, he he didn't play well at all. So we have some, a little experience again there with a couple guys, but I think the offensive line is going to be the key, and right now we're still on, uh, concerned about the right guard position. So whenever you moved uh, Chase Barrett, um, and that now he went from the starting center to possibly now a backup at guard. So I think there's a lot of uncertainties at the offensive line, with the exception of Colton McKivitt's and Josh Seals. So with that being said, it doesn't matter whether we have, like you said, experienced running backs, uh, a quarterback that can run and throw. If they don't have time, if they don't have holes. So uh, I think that our biggest concern over any position right now as a unit is our offensive line. Uh, And I give it up to uh, Wickline. Because here's a guy, his dad was the coach. He was, and he stayed. And he stayed. He stayed. He, He toughed it out, and he's earned a starting position on this team. Neil Brown saying four starters are solid. McKivitz, Sills, Wickline, and Brown. Now, <laughs> Brown's an interesting guy he because, is. heck, Brown was dancing in the seats last year instead of playing football. He's only been playing football for two years. He started as a senior in high school, but he earns a start on the starting line, and then he's still got that guard position. Is it going to be Chase Barrett? Is it going to be Mays? Is it going to be um, Thurmond? Um, Sills moving to that center position. Now, Brown says he can move him back to guard because he's high on this Steely kid that is very small, Neil, and you got more details about Steely. Well, uh, yeah, Steely is a, what, a six foot one uh, center, uh, got long arms, but he's only, he's very short for an offensive lineman. Now, uh, talking to the uh, uh, the offensive line coach there for WVU, says right now he's got about eight guys that he can count on. That's eight okay. offensive linemen uh, that he can count on. He'd like to have ten, yeah, but he he's got eight. So if you can, he said, if you can run with eight, he he thinks he can be competitive uh, along that offensive line with the eight guys that he's got. And uh, that gives him a backup center. Backup centers are very yeah. valuable, he said, especially going into especially away games. And he's got that. So right now, I think that this offensive line is matter of fact. Just if you take a look at it, you got McKibbitts on the outside as a tackle, and you've got Wickline. Both those guys are going to be there to protect uh, Kendall when he goes back to to throw the football. And those both have experience at tackles. And then you you got a center with Seals now that has experience to block up front. And then your weak spots are going to be your two guards that I see yeah. there that could be inexperienced at this point. But time. they're high on Brown. They're very high on Brown. He's like a bulldozer from what I'm what yeah. I understand. Very aggressive. It's I think the main thing with Brown is the technique because what from what we're hearing he is very very strong. Uh, that he's just moving people out of the way. So the main thing is with him is making sure that he keeps his penalties down, making sure that he just don't get over-aggressive because they said he has that aggressive mm-hmm. mentality that uh, they're concerned sometimes with uh, making sure he don't continue after the play. Okay. And, and we know he can dance. Yeah. Just by the way. Hey, and speaking of those guys that Kendall's going to be trying to throw the ball to, uh, that's probably our next biggest question mark. Can T.J. Simmons... And the Campbell, the the kid that transferred in from Florida State, we have not heard about the transfer from Temple yet. He has not got his waiver. So we're going to have to rely on a lot of younger guys. Ricky John, some of the other names you got him wrote down over there, Neil, uh, at wide receiver. Oh, yeah, you got Wheaton, Ricky Johns. Uh, you also have uh, Fields, James, that will be uh, Sam James on as uh, wideouts, as uh, Easdell. Uh, so and then uh, you you got tight end uh, O'Loughlin uh, that will probably be uh, in Banks uh, that will see some action at that tight end position. And they're going to have to because I still haven't heard Aaron Host. Have you heard anything, Giovanni Haskins? I have not heard an update on what happened to Giovanni Haskins or what punishment he got. I, I haven't either. Yeah, I haven't. Uh, All I know is he what we saw in the newspaper. He was running from police. Yes, he was. Hid. 
And, <laughs> Crazy. Uh, and he was actually added to the watch list as the best tight end in the nation I know. preseason as well. So that could be a big blow for the Mountaineers, and I was actually looking forward to it uh, as I talked on the sports roundtable with Aaron Host about the excitement that I have for Giovanni Haskins' season. So mm-hmm. uh, it's all up in the air right now. Now, but, the, but Bush is uh, is probably going to be your key yeah, man. Well, and that was where I was going to next because here's the thing. You got Bush listed as a running back, okay? And you look at this running back depth chart. Uh, McCoy, Petaway, Singfield, Brown. You got Winston Wright, the true freshman who will probably redshirt this year. Where does Tevin Bush fit in? He's too small to be a receiver. He's behind too many guys at running back. How will they utilize... Tevin Bush's speed is the big question mark to me. Because if you can get him in space, we saw it against Baylor last year, he's going to run away from people. He's going to be used as a utility man, in my opinion. Uh, that's what I see Neil Brown using him. I think you, one minute you could see him set up as a wide receiver. You could see him set in the backfield as a running back. He's. A, I think that they're going to move him around and uh, utilize him, and that way – the defenses will be confused uh, and won't know what to expect and where he's going to line up at. Okay. End rounds, bubble screens, mm-hmm. and then eventually, because of that, they'll be looking for those, and then he'll beat him deep. Yeah, so he's he's got the speed, uh, maybe not the size, but uh, we also know that uh, little number one, what he did, yeah. Tavon Austin. So, and Tevin Bush is a Tavon esque yeah. kind of player. It'll be very interesting to see how he's utilized. And then the big elephant in the room. The defense, defense, Kelly. Can a Big 12 team under Vic Coning slow down these? I am more excited about this year's defense than I've ever been. And it's not just because we have a new defensive coordinator. You know, we're so used to seeing the three three five stack. Uh, I just like the fact that the defensive lineman, and I think Aaron's going to touch mm-hmm. on that, um, that the defensive lineman is going to have the ability to truly move. They're not just going to keep the, the big guys, the offensive linemen, off of our linebackers. So yeah. that's what I'm excited about. I think Aaron wants to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, where, where are we headed here with this defensive line, Aaron? I, I, you say you're excited, too. You're looking forward to this defensive line this year. Well, well listen to a couple podcasts on the way here. Um, just uh, hearing how the defense is totally different from last season. They're not just going to be a straight – straight off the ball going straight into the line the defensive line is going to have more of an opportunity to have an impact against the ball carrier they're going to have an, more of an opportunity to move around switch slots or which hole they're going to attack on the offensive line which is also going to allow a lot more opportunity for the linebackers to play up if there's such a breakdown on the offensive side of the play it just it just produces more opportunity for the defense as a whole Whereas last year's defense, it was your linebackers and your defensive backfield that was making the plays, and unlike the offense or unlike the defensive line, and it should take off the stress sometimes of those defensive backs that have been known in the old regime. I'm not going to get much into that to have problems guarding these Big Twelve receivers. It should help them out. Well, when you don't have the defensive line busting off the ball and busting through the line and being able to switch those holes, you're allowing that Big 12 quarterback just to sit back there and pick you off all game. And that's where Tony Gibson's defense always had higher uh, defensive allowed yards when it comes Mm -hmm. to terms of pass, not so much as the run. But then again, if they're able to pass on you all game, the run's going to open up as well, and it just destroys your whole defensive game plan. Whereas Vic Koenig's defense... It kind of protects against all phases. I mean, you will have your breakdowns. Vic Coning is uh, noted for saying if he could blitz all all the plays during the game, he would. But <laughs> if aggressive. you blitz, but if you blitz the majority of your players, you're you're leaving leaving it open for a twenty yard game. And, and that's where you got to have strong linebackers. And I tell you, Tonkery's back. Mm-hmm. We've added Vondarius um, Cowan Zach from Sandwich. Alabama. Zach, Zach Sandwich is back. Um, Josh Chandler. The linebacking crew still has some depth there that that you're going to be able to utilize. I think this defensive line can get to guys. I'm just hoping this very young defensive backfield isn't the crutch 
of this defense. Well, the linebacking core is definitely not going to be the question mark this year. I think my biggest question mark is going to be that defensive, like you just said, the defensive backfield. How is Josh Norwood going to take on that starting safety job? And then uh, Keith Washington, mm-hmm. he showed very good promise last year. Uh, I think he was second in the team in interceptions last year. But when you lose uh, players like Derek Pitts and all that and yeah. Robinson, it definitely, I think, I think that has to be the question mark. I think your defensive line is definitely a lot more stout last year minus the fact that you lost Kenny Bigelow and I I think when you've got a cornerback a true freshman quarterback listed second on your depth chart shows how little depth you have you don't have the depth there and they're going to have to utilize those freshmen we got an Aussie punter in town who's excited about that can't wait to see uh, James Groden uh, on the field punting he's the LSU transfer and Staley Back at your kicker, I think with him not having to focus on both because he was going to have to by them bringing in Groden takes a lot off of Staley. Uh, I think special teams is going to be very, very special, something that we have been missing from this program for quite a while. We're up against a break, but before we go, I want to let everybody know we're very excited this year to be simulcasting on the Sports Roundtable podcast. If you miss any portion of the show, you can check it out throughout the week. Just find the Sports Roundtable podcast, and we will also have a bonus segment that you will not hear on the Blitz that you will only be able to hear on the Sports Roundtable podcast. We're talking Big 12 and who's going to win it when we come back on the Blitz. It's a new dawn. It's a new day. It's a new life for me. It's a new dawn. It's a new day. It's a new life for me. And I'm feeling good. It's a new day. It's a new dawn. It's a new era of Mountaineer football. The Neil Brown era comes to Morgantown August 31st as your Mountaineers will host James Madison in Morgantown. 2 p.m. kickoff. We'll have details of when the pregame and all that stuff will be coming your way on 96.7 K-Country, your Mountaineer station. Folks, another exciting year of Big 12 football in Morgantown. The Mountaineers predicted not to do very well by the Big 12 media conglomerate who keeps putting Oklahoma at the top of the preseason polls. Guys, I would love to hear everybody's um, ideas of who will be in the Big 12 championship game. And I'd like also your opinion on where you believe the Mountaineers will finish in the Big 12 race. Let's not give away uh, records, what you think the Mountaineers' record is going to be, but about where you think they will be in the Big 12 race. Kelly Gamble, let's start with you. I'm picking the Mountaineers to finish 7th, Chris, in the, out of the 10 right now. And as far as the, the top of the conference, I think you've got three teams that sticks out above the rest. There's no doubt that Oklahoma, Texas, and Iowa State is your big three. Yep. Now, out of that big three, which two is going to go to the championship? Uh, I think that I spoke last year at the end of this show that I really believe that Texas is going to be the team to beat. So I am picking the Texas Longhorns to overcome this year the Oklahoma Sooners. But I do believe that somehow, someway, as much as I like Iowa State, that Oklahoma will also be there again. So I'm taking Texas-Oklahoma in the title game. But this year I'm taking Texas to beat them. Neil? Big 12, Mountaineers, where do you think they finish? Let's go there first. Well, I had Mountaineers at number 8 at one point. Okay, Okay, I like this. But now I have moved them up. Okay. Into my preseason poll, and I, I'm going to take them at round number six. I think they're okay. that. I think they they're going to be a stable team, and then um, my two teams that I'm going to pick for the championship Big Twelve is Texas and Oklahoma. I mean, <sighs> Kelly named it off. I I like Iowa State, but I don't think they have enough talent. I think that Texas and Oklahoma uh, they recruit good talent, and it's hard to beat them. But I think Iowa State will give them a run for their money. But I think it all comes down to Oklahoma and Texas in that Big 12 championship. Who wins it? 
I'm going to take Texas just Texas. because of their starting quarterback. We got two Texas in the room. We, d- we didn't get together either. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Host, Big 12, what's going to happen in it this year? Well, I think the Mountaineers, I think their floor is going to be six, but I think they got a ceiling to be fourth if they are a surprise okay. team. If everything goes in a perfect world and Kendall does what he needs to and the running game needs what, he, what they need to, and George Campbell is the juggernaut that we hope he will be, I think they will finish fourth in the Big 12. My predictions for the Big 12 title game, I'm going against both in Studio B. I like that. I'm going to say Iowa State against Texas. I think Iowa State's going to win the Big 12 title this year just because I think they're an offensive juggernaut. I think uh, Matt Campbell is – I think he's going to have the team ready to play. I think you saw early signs that last year when they absolutely shellacked West Virginia. And kind of kind of diminished West Virginia's hopes for anything but a Big Twelve, but a Big Twelve championship game. Hey, we got an Iowa State guy in the room. I like this stuff right here. Uh, I, I kind of agree with Aaron. I, I think West Virginia is looking somewhere between. I'm not going to go as high as four. I'm not going to go as no. low as eight. I, I'm thinking you're around the five to seven mark. Five, maybe six. Five to seven range. Conference championship, I'm going with Aaron. Texas, Iowa State, Matt Campbell has done a fantastic job. And I've told you guys for years of doing this show, since Matt Campbell was hired at Iowa State, they are going to be a force to reckon with. I'm going to give you a surprise team in the Big 12. Look out for Baylor once again. Matt Roll has got it going. I got Baylor at four. In the Big 12. I I think that Baylor is legitimately the fourth best team in the conference this year. Guys, here's the thing with Oklahoma. And I've said it all offseason. I am not sold on Jalen Hurts as the quarterback of Oklahoma. The, The reason Tua won that job in Alabama away from Jalen Hurts is because Tua can throw the football. Jalen Hurts is not a prolific passer. He is not a stand in the guy, stand it in the pocket, throw it around the field kind of guy that Lincoln Riley wants. It is a throw first offense, run second offense. He wants to wing it. He can't do it with Jalen Hurts. That's why I got Oklahoma at three this year. It's a drop down for them, but it's still, you know, not horrible by any means. The the wheels aren't coming off that ship. I have Texas winning the Big 12 championship. Guys, and I'm going to kind of tease my pick for my final four. Week two of the season, Texas plays LSU. It will not be the last time Texas plays LSU this season. If anybody's catching my drift there. Guys, does the Big 12 make the playoff? Aaron Host, I go to you. I don't think they do. I think with Iowa State winning on my pick, I think Iowa State, kind of like with the same credibility that UCF had last year, I don't think they're going to make a bowl. I don't think they're going to make Mm -hmm. a college football playoffs just because of the showing Oklahoma had last year. I think uh, the showing Oklahoma had and them, well, getting shell-shocked, I don't think that bodes well for any Big 12 team for this year, and especially if Iowa State wins it over Texas. Yeah, Iowa State's definitely not your household name. They would be a power, you know, a a New Year's Six bowl game. But you're right, if Iowa State wins, I don't know if the Big 12 makes the, the playoff. Going with Texas, I think the Big 12 does make the playoff. Neil and Kelly, what do you think in Studio B? Does the Big 12 make the playoff? I don't have the Big 12 in my Final Four uh, this year. Um, I want to see us make that step again. I know Oklahoma has consistently done a good job for the Big 12, but uh, this year with Texas winning, I think that there will be some upsets in the Big 12. I'm still taking Texas to win it, but I don't think that they make the Final Four and make the playoffs. Neil? I think Texas has an opportunity. Uh, it will depend on if the, the final four teams that I've got ahead of them right now, uh, <laughs> if they stay healthy. You know, you're talking course of a season. So uh, if Texas can find ways to win, they could sneak themselves into the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Okay, but as of right now, you're saying no. No, I got them uh, outside that. You got them like four. last team out. 
Yeah. Basically. Okay. Aaron, you want to give the information on the sports roundtable for me one more time. We are simulcasting on the sports roundtable. Aaron will tell you where you can find that. So you can hear it on SoundCloud.com. All you have to do is type in the sports roundtable. Um, you can also find it on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, which is more so for the Android users. Um, you can also find it on our website, kcountryradio.com. All you have to do is type in that URL. Type in that address to your URL and hit play. As soon as you come to our website, you'll be able to find the latest edition of the Sports Roundtable. But if you can't hear it on our website, you can always download it for free on all the on all the listening platforms I just told you and subscribe as well. So whenever we drop a new edition, you get a notification on your phone so you know the Sports Roundtable is, has dropped a new edition. And if you miss any of us tonight, you can catch us all week on the Sports Roundtable, plus a bonus sex, a bonus segment that you don't hear here on the show. Stay tuned. We're going to give you our predictions of what four teams make the college football playoffs. Stay tuned. This is the Blitz on K-Country. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Blitz. It is our preseason show. Thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget, if you miss any part of tonight's show, catch us on the Sports Roundtable podcast, which you can find at those places that Aaron just told you about. I listen on Apple Podcasts, so find us on there if you have an Apple device. And of course, if you have listened to our show before, segment three, is my favorite segment of the show. Neil Waldex is around. He's an old radio guy, folks. And he loves spinning the tunes. And it is our Neil Waldeck Song of the Week. Neil, what do you have for us? I feel good. (laughs) By James Brown, right? Very good. Very good. Because I do. I feel good right now. I I think the, the Mountaineers are setting good. Do you really feel they're setting good? I do. I think you, you still have those warm and fuzzy feelings for them. I think that this team is going to play with a lot more heart, Chris. I do as well. Yeah. And I do. That's what I'm. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing out there on the field. I think that these guys are going to go to war uh, for Coach Neil Brown, uh, and I think he set that tone for them, and that's why I feel good. Hey, I tell you what, I feel good because it's college football season. That too. Me too. We have a game coming up on Saturday. It will be featured in our bonus segment of the Sports Roundtable. We have Miami taking on Florida. We'll talk a little bit about that on the bonus segment of the Blitz on the Sports Roundtable. Good song to kick off the preseason show, Neil. Thank you so much. Hey, you're welcome. I feel good. Knew that I would. Yeah. I feel good, man. And back to what Neil said. If this season does not turn out the way most Mountaineer fans want it to turn out, which, you know, I've heard craziness like nine or ten wins is the minimum for some fans. Don't be crazy, people. Keep expectations in check. What I want to see is our culture, our football program culture that we've had in the past come back. The tough guys that will lay it on the line for four quarters, never give up, and show some pride on that field. I feel that it's something that has been lacking in the past eight seasons of Mountaineer football. Tough nose, hard football. That's what I'm wanting to see. Maybe not necessarily the most talented guys, but you do not want to play them when it comes Saturday because you know they're going to give you a dogfight. And I think that's what Neil Brown is going to bring back. And I think uh, you already see it. I think he set that tone. You could see it in practice. You see it in the workouts. And these guys are respecting him. And I think they're going to lay it on the line uh, come uh, Saturday when they uh, meet James Madison. Uh, Chris, I mean, we, we'll we'll discuss that game next week. But, you know, you got to just be thinking the crowd is going to be excited they on that are. Saturday. You know, this is begins a new era for the, Neil Brown. The excitement is back for yes. Mountaineer football. And I hope our fan base can, like I said, keep expectations in check and take this season for what it is, which is the building period 
of the Neil Brown era. We'll get to our picks for what we think the Mountaineers' win-loss total will be coming up here. But first, guys, we've got to tackle national college football, the big scene, as they call it. Of course, this week, the AP poll came out with the preseason top 25. Anybody want to take a crack at who's number one and number two? Clemson and Alabama. <laughs> oh, that was tough, wasn't it, Kelly? <laughs> Clemson, Alabama, too. Would you like to try for a trio at three, Kelly, without looking at the poll? Uh, Georgia. Georgia, yeah. Oklahoma comes in at four. They are the highest-rated preseason team in the Big 12. Ohio State at five. LSU at six. Michigan comes in at seven. Florida is number eight. Notre Dame is number nine. And also cracking the top ten from the Big 12 is Texas. Other Big 12 teams that make the top 25, Iowa State comes in at 21. And, folks, that's it. That is it. West Virginia does receive three votes. Three votes in the AP poll uh, a lot of work to do. TCU, TCU received 57 votes in there from the Big 12 as well. Oklahoma State, same amount as us, three. Hmm. So there you go. There is your starting positions. The poll position, of course, belongs to Clemson. Guys, out of that list, now let's do it this way. Let, let's just get into it. Top four. Who are the four teams left standing? I'm going to go to Aaron Host first. The four teams standing at the end of the year when we make it to December. Well, Clemson, I think, is going to be number one. Um, unfortunately, I think Alabama will make it back there with two are returning. I hate to put them in there. I get tired of seeing them in there just as everybody else who's not in Alabama feels. And I think, um, unfortunately, there's going to be two teams from the SEC that makes it into the college Final Four. I, I cannot stand that. I think it should be one per Power Five or one one per power five minus one um i think i think the university of georgia will make it in as your number third one and i'm going to take a juggernaut i think michigan will make it okay. as, your, as your top four so aaron host has one two and three making it in and he slides michigan up from number seven kelly gamble i'm taking clemson number one mm-hmm. i'm going to say georgia overcomes alabama this year for the number two spot okay Alabama number three, and then here's my here's my one that nobody's gonna <laughs> think. Here we go, Chris. Just like last year, okay. The Oregon Ducks is gonna sweep the Pac-12. I like that pick. And Oregon goes undefeated and makes the fourth position. I like that. Oregon's got probably the most talented quarterback in the country That's this my year. Number four, I, I, Oregon. Good pick. Good pick. And I love how you say, oh, Georgia overtakes Alabama at number two and then puts Alabama at number go, three. Man. Come on, Kelly <laughs> Gamble. Uh, hey, they're going to win the SEC. Uh, I, I would be surprised if Georgia would uh, take it from Alabama this okay, year. Okay, right, so Georgia's in your top four? I like four? From. Oh, yeah, Georgia's in my top four, and I think that they could beat Alabama. Okay, who is in your top four? Uh, pretty well the same as uh, what Aaron had. Clemson. Uh, my thing is, I think Jim Harbaugh with Michigan. Okay, he he he's got revenge on his mind. He was in that top four, fell out. That guy is going to have emotions. He's got he's got his team rallied, and I think he's going to make a, a big impact in the Big Ten, as well as non conference games that he's got. So you got Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, Michigan. Yes, but with you L- got Georgia LSU, at number two. LSU is my first team out. Okay. Okay. So you're thinking, yeah, I can see that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> guys, um, thanks for going out on a whim. I, I mean, those are those are staggering, earth-shattering predictions right there. Okay. Thanks for the good one, though. Oregon. Hey. Oregon's a good one, Kelly I believe Gamble. it. All right. Let, do you think I got Oregon in there? No. No, I got Oregon as my first team out. Well, there you go. Yes, I, 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 I do think Oregon very good this year. Okay, I'm going to agree with everybody. I think Clemson is the best team in the country. Trevor Lawrence is back. Uh, the they kid, loaded, man. They, they put the hurting on Alabama. Dabo Sweeney has got it going on, and it's going to continue. I never pick Alabama because when Alabama misses the playoff, I'm going to be able to sit here at the end of the year and say, I told you, Alabama's not in it. Out of the SEC, my... Number two team, Coach O, 
down in Baton Rouge at LSU, wins the West, dethrones Alabama, and is the only team from the SEC that makes it. I think Coach O is on the hot seat. He's got to do it this year, and he's got the team to do it. So LSU number two, Texas is in at number three. Remember how I said LSU and Texas will meet again? They will do it in the first round of the playoffs. Number four, I like Michigan. Neil, Aaron, I think you guys got it right. I think Jim Harbaugh is on the warm seat. The seat is warming up for him. And I think he needs to make something happen. I think he beats Ohio State. I I think Ohio State is down with the coaching change this year. And I I think Michigan is four. I got Oregon as my first team out. And I got Georgia as my second team out. So there you go. Our final four predictions. And you'll have to wait and see how this all shakes out with our picks throughout the year. Guys, what are we doing here? Kelly's not eating steak anymore. What are we betting this year in our pick segment? Guess chicken. Chicken dinner? <laughs> how about winner, the, winner, how chicken about the, dinner? Just the food of choice to the winner. I mean, no matter what. Aaron, what do you think? What, what are we betting this year? Mm, Chinese. I think somebody has a round at uh, B-dubs. <laughs> we could do BW3s. Buffalo Wild Wings. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Yeah, there, there, that, that would be it. Buffalo Wild Wings. Here's here's the thing. I think we should let Neil pick. He is our defending champion. Well, uh, are you going to buy a gift card for whatever restaurant? We- no, no, I Kelly, didn't buy a gift card. I had a gift card Kelly given to me that, as a gift. No, where did you get that gift card from, Kelly? My daughter for Christmas. You sure that didn't come out of the collection plate? Uh, so, no. <laughs> so is Kelly going to get like a gift card for Buffalo Wild Wings? Yeah, go, yeah. Or... Hey, hey. If anybody missed that story from last year, we, we take Neil out for his victory dinner, and Kelly, to pay for his portion, whips out the gift card. Absolutely. <laughs> Sore loser We're going to have to do second. this either way before <laughs> the holidays or something. <laughs> All right, everybody, stay tuned. We're going to reveal our pick for what we think the Mountaineers' record is going to be. Coming up next here on The Blitz. No. Any other time would have been okay. (laughs) But not your cash. Welcome back. The preseason show of the Blitz on 96.7 K-Country. I'm your host, Chris Westfall, alongside Neil Waldeck, Kelly Gamble, and Aaron Host. Guys, we have previewed who we think is going to make the final four this year. Also, who is going to win the Big 12 championship? Also, the names that you need to know for Mountaineer football this year. And we've came to that part. Guys, I want to get your final closing parts, parting words on what you think the Mountaineers will do this year and also your prediction of their record. Neil Waldeck, I go to you first. Um, I'm going to say West Virginia goes 7-5. and five. I think that uh, wow. they're going to surprise a couple teams. And I think they uh, end up with a 7-5 and five record, yeah. That's up. That is up. Up considerably from the last time yeah, you told me. Yeah, six, six somewhere. So you're going 7-5. and five. I'm going to say 7-5. and five. And also, do you want me to throw in my football pick between Miami and Florida? No, we're going to do that bonus segment for the Sports Roundtable. Okay, Stay sure tuned for that. Turn, that in, turn into okay. the podcast, everybody, the Sports Roundtable. Kelly Gamble. Man, I know that Neil Brown's got a lot of people upbeat and uplifted, but I just don't see the talent enough yet. I want to see them go six and six and go to a bowl, but I am picking five and seven. Five and seven. Any final words for the preseason? Five and show? seven. I, I would like to see the Mountaineers possibly win two. I mean, I think that they can beat NC State and James Madison. Uh, Missouri, I think they have a chance. I don't think Missouri's a, that much better than what we are. And, and you got to remember, what does Missouri have to play for? Yeah, they really probation. don't. They're not, well, I'm year. sure that their morale is down now that they know that they don't even have an opportunity to go to a bowl game. A lot of people have taken Missouri over West Virginia just because of Kelly Bryant transferring from Clemson. I think that we legitimately have a chance maybe to go uh, 3-0 and in non-conference. However, 
Isaiah went in two of the three non-conference games, went in three games again, which is why I put us at seventh. And uh, so that gives us five wins. If I pick a seventh, that means it's okay. going to be three wins of the Big 12. I would love to see, though, three non-conference wins, the three wins in the conference to go six and six, and then win a bowl game. And I think that would be a great oh, season. Oh, that would be Miami. a fantastic season. Kel, uh, Aaron Host, your prediction for this year's Mountaineer team. I, I agree with Neil. I think they're going to go seven and five, I think, at the beginning of the season. If everything goes right and they start off the season three and zero, heading into Kansas – or no, starting off the season three and zero, yeah, and then yep, and then you win against. Well, no, I am right the first time. Starting off three and zero against James Madison, Missouri, NC State, and then you go into Kansas for your biggest for your Big Twelve opener, and you start the season off four and zero, and then you come back for homecoming against Texas. You know that stadium will be rocking. Both teams will have a chip on their shoulder from last season. I think you could very easily see the Mountaineers starting off the season four and one or five and zero, oh, and uh, I mean that would mean a disastrous tail end of the season. But I think they go seven and five with a high end of eight and four. High end of eight and four. Okay, guys, I've got this season broke down into three segments. Okay, three segments. I want to see this team get to a bowl game, and if you get to a bowl game, how are you going to do it? Three segments I've got the season broke down into. Segment one are the four games that this team cannot win, which would be Oklahoma, Texas, Iowa State, and I don't think you got a chance late in the year against TCU. Those four games I'm calling losses right off the bat. You've got four bubble games. Okay, your bubble games are against Missouri. You've got Oklahoma State, Baylor, and uh, Texas Tech. Thank you. (laughs) Those four games are bubble games. You've got to win two of them to get to bowl eligibility. I think... You can beat Texas Tech and Missouri or Oklahoma State. So win two of those to get to a bowl game and four games you cannot lose. You cannot lose to James Madison. You cannot lose to NC State. You cannot lose to Kansas and you cannot lose to Kansas State. I predict this team will not do that. (laughs) After all that was said, I think they will go four and eight this year. Um, I was down as low as two and ten. I pulled it up to four and eight. If they can make a bowl game and get to six, I think Neil Brown is uh, got this place rocking in a couple years and competing for a national championship. If he can make it to a bowl game this year. Any final thoughts, guys? I'm looking forward to the new Neil Brown era, and I do think that he is going to be a great coach, a great. Uh, motivator uh, i just think that it's going to take a little bit of time you will but uh, i am really looking forward to the excitement of the of the new era new coaching staff and uh so uh, i am excited and i'm going to be rooting for the mountaineers of course to do better than my pick of five and seven and hope that they do make that bowl game so i hope that aaron and neil's correct neil anything else we good uh, to go no, for i mean tonight? i just think that uh you know i'm ready to see some football i'm ready to see this new um scheme of uh, neil brown we've talked it up uh, since he's been hired, now we look forward to seeing uh, his team and what he displays. But you got to remember, these are not his players. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's going to do the best he can to get the right guys out there to play hard for West Virginia Nation. Hey, everybody, stay tuned and tune in to the podcast, the Sports Roundtable podcast. We have an exclusive bonus segment coming up for you to listen there. Until next week, this has been The Blitz on 96.7 K-Country. And welcome back, everybody. This is our exclusive bonus footage of the Blitz, heard only on the Sports Roundtable. Here, I I don't even have to give the call letters on a podcast, do I, Aaron Host? No, you don't have to, unless you want to give the station a shout-out. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. (laughs) If you don't know, we are all from 96.7 K-Country. The Blitz is a show that we've been doing for several years now. It started with just Neil and I, and through the years, we've added Kelly Gamble and Aaron Host to the mix. And each year, we have a competition to see who knows the most about college football. And during this bonus segment 
of the Sports Roundtable, where you can only hear it, you will be hearing exclusive picks that will be used each and every week to calculate who knows college football better throughout the year. So here's what we're doing this week, guys. This does not count. This is a practice go. I want everybody's prediction on week Zero in college football. Only one game to be played Saturday night. It is Miami taking on the top 10 ranked Florida Gators. Neil Waldeck, who wins in Orlando, Miami or Florida? I like Florida in this matchup. I think they got a lot of uh, guys coming back from last year's squad. They're very strong, a very good team. Miami's got a new coach, got a good quarterback coming in. But I think they got to get that all put together. I don't think they'll have it ready to go in that first game. Florida wins and knocks off the Hurricanes. Last year's defending champion, Neil Waldeck, going with the Gators. Kelly Gamble was our runner-up last year. Kelly, who wins between Miami and Florida? Florida, 28-17. Wow, a closer game than what most experts might think. Seven and a half is the spot. So is it seven to, and I a half? Florida Only to cover. Seven, yeah, and seven and a half at home, yeah. I finished third last year. Dan Mullen taking over at Florida. If he can find a quarterback down there, he's going to have a really good team in the SEC East. Still don't think he gives much competition to Georgia this year. Um, you know, could be a second or third team possibly in that SEC East. I have uh, Florida handling Miami fairly easy. Manny Diaz down in Miami has his work cut out for him. I am glad to see that Tate Martell is not starting. For Miami. Aaron Host was our fourth place victim last year. Uh, he, he went with some very out there picks, going for some upsets. Will you take the upset here, Miami and Florida in Orlando Saturday night? I'm not making the same mistake I did uh, starting off last year. If you do <laughs> remember, it's, it's just our practice game. I said last year Alabama would lose to Louisville, and I was dead wrong on that one, so. I, if we're going to start off the season right, I'm here. We're all going to start off 0 and 1, or we're all going to start off 1 and 0. Okay. With that, I'm picking my, or Fair enough. the Florida Gators. Hey, any lesson, Aaron? <laughs> Here's my question Will Aaron host pick Houston over Oklahoma in week one? You going to go with Dana and the boys in Houston? Uh, no discrediting, discrediting <laughs> to next week's picks. Um, wasn't a huge uh, as long as like you said the that, those eight years were probably the weirdest eight years of Mountaineer history, and it'll just be a weird time. And I don't think Houston's going to have much more success with the guy either. Um, so no, <laughs> I think no. he does have success. Though. No, no, I I do not. He's an offensive coordinator at best, and he showed oh, that wow. eight years at West I agree. Virginia. Wow. He cannot lead a team in the big games. And if, Dana, you're hearing this, that's as far as you'll ever <laughs> I go. I agree 100%. Wow. I do believe he is a, he's a glorified offensive coordinator, and uh, that's why he got hired, but yet he didn't prove himself to be a true head coach. When did this When did this turn into the Dana Holgerson bashing podcast? <laughs> I can continue if you want. <laughs> I think that's all we got time for tonight. Make sure you tune in each and every week. The Sports Roundtable simulcasting with The Blitz on 96.7 K-Country. If you miss us on Thursday night or if you're outside the listening area, check out the show here on this podcast. The Sports Roundtable will give you a bonus coverage each and every week. Until next week, I'm Chris Westfall for Aaron Host, Neil Waldeck, and Kelly Gamble. This is the Sports Roundtable.